Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And we are rolling here zero to 60 on the Believe Network uh, <clears throat> on a Thursday morning. It's here to rock the house. I'm your host, Matt McChesney. As always, Bree Maces is behind the scenes, uh, producing her ass off once again. And big thanks to all she does behind the scenes. Uh, we've got a great guest today, uh, Mr. Brian Howell, the beat writer for BuffZone.com and the Boulder Daily Camera, one of the best in the business. He's going to be joining us here to talk all buffs uh, for about the next 20, 25 minutes and try and answer some questions here in the comments. Uh, <clears throat> talk about the recruiting and the transfer portal and the future and the Big 12 and so much more. Uh, so stay tuned for Brian. He'll be on with us here uh, in a second as as he listens to me uh, talk some junk here before we get going. We got to pay some bills, and that's uh, that's what we do with Bet Online. They're our title sponsor, and they're nothing but the best to us. Uh, make sure you go on to Bet Online, use the promo code Believe, and you can get a fifty percent uh, uh, deposit bonus back on your first deposit. Uh, make sure you bet responsibly, obviously, but with bowl games and the playoff in full swing and, you know, you've got great NFL playoff matchups coming up and the NBA uh, is about to hit the all-star break and the, they'll be playing more relevant games there. The abs are kicking ass from from the, the from UFC fighting to, you know, fighting on the ice. They have everything covered from a bet perspective. So make sure you use, again, the promo code BLEAVE. Uh, and use Bet Online for all of your betting needs, and and uh, use the website uh, for all of your news and information as well as they do a really great job. So, like I said, I'm Matt McChesney. That is Brian Howell. This is Zero to Sixty on the Bleed Network, and we roll here today uh, talking all buffs all morning. So, anybody in the comments, if you have any questions, uh, we'd love to answer them as long as they're not completely fucking ridiculous. Uh, but <clears throat> I want to bring on my man, Brian, right now. Uh, Brian, welcome to the show, brother. How are you? I'm good. How you doing, Matt? It's nice to finally connect with you. We, you and I chat off and on, off air, but it's uh, nice to connect with you on air for the first time in a while. Yeah, it'll, it'll be a, a good, fast, uh, informative 25 minutes if I know anything about our conversations off air. Uh, folks, this is this is quality information that you're about to get. This isn't just... You know, a couple of guys who like the buffs talking junk on a podcast. This You're going to get information today that you may not get in other places. So, uh, like I said, you know, Brian is the beat writer for Buff Zone. He does a great job up there, the bullet data camera. Uh, you know, he's been covering CU forever. Uh, we're going back to the Big 12, and that's where I want to start before we get into the player part of the transfer portal. Um, how excited are you going to the Big 12 now uh, and some of these road trips that are coming up? Let's start with the move before we start start with or before we talk about the transfer portal. Yeah, you know, I, I've said all along that I'm I'm going to miss the Pac-12 in some regards. I mean, it's been a fun conference to cover, and um, frankly, you know, when I became the full time beat writer uh, for the Buffs, um, they were you know already in the Pac-12. Now I've been really covering them back to 2010, their last year in the Big 12. So I've experienced a little bit of both, but I'm going to miss the Pac-12 in some regard. But um, you know, the football atmosphere. Big 12 are better than in the Pac-12. You know, Washington's awesome, Oregon's awesome, Utah's awesome, but you know, 
across the board, I think it's better than the Big 12. And, you know, a lot of times when since the move, when people have asked me about, you know, are, are Buff fans excited about it? I honestly, Matt, I think back to a conversation you and I have had when you've like when you've told me you you how much you miss Kansas State, not right. just Nebraska, Kansas State and teams like that. And like, yeah, there's a lot of, you know, kind of uh, sorry to put you in this uh, you know, label old school buffs that, you know, uh, miss some of those rivalries. And I think that, you know, there's a lot of new ones coming up, but I'm excited for a lot of the new teams. I'm excited to see a Kansas State, Iowa State, Oklahoma State, but I'm excited for a Houston, you know, a UCF, uh, you know, BYU, you know, teams like that. I'm excited for a lot of those things. And look, being immersed in this and seeing where the ACC is going, I don't think the Big 12 is done expanding. I don't think the I think the Pac-12 is, you know, there's uh, Big Tank, the left tackle is he's about to walk in and he's going to Oregon State. And, you know, what they're telling him that the Mountain West is going to form with the Pac-2 and they're going to keep the Pac-12 alive and like try and expand from there and. Aiden Akiyakana-Aina is in there right now working with Mustafa Johnson. They're in the other room right now. We just got done, and now they're working with the young guys. And Aiden's going to Cal, and he's they're in the ACC now. And, like, we were looking at his schedule yesterday, and they play at Florida State. They host Miami. They go to Syracuse. They, like, they play Notre Dame. Like, great schedule. And then, like, looking at the Big 12 moving forward, do you think that they're, like, do you think the ACC – how do you think the ACC is going to fare – and then do you think the Big 12 is done? I, I think you could have a lot of lot of like Texas and Southern roots in the Big 12 that we maybe didn't have in the past. They could attack Florida big time right now. Yeah, you know, I don't think the Big 12 is done uh, just because as long as there's some, uh, you know, what's the word, a little bit of upheaval behind the scenes uh, in the ACC. I mean, obviously Florida State. Um, is unhappy and they're trying to get out and you know i'm sure they're not the only ones you know i'm sure clemson miami teams like that are looking at it as well as long as that's going on i think the other conferences are going to be looking to you know pick up the pieces and you know brett yormark the commissioner of the big 12 um he is very much you know looking at being across the nation you know he's also a basketball guy and you look at the acc what is the acc known for basketball he's already got the best basketball conference in the country right now um, with, you know, adding like a Colorado and Arizona to the Big 12. If you could add a North Carolina, a Duke, a Florida State, a Miami Ooh. to that basketball, not in addition to football. I mean, if they can do that, you know, I don't know if they can get all those heavyweights, uh, you know, because the, the SEC would pick apart things too. But um, I, I don't think they're done. I mean, I think your mark is going to look at whatever they can do to expand. There are 16 teams, and I wouldn't be surprised if all these conferences are at 20, you know, 22 at some point. Well, we'll see how we go, but I'm definitely looking forward to the Big 12. You know, the Kansas State, Oklahoma State, Iowa State, Kansas, you know, the original Big 8 teams that are back in that mix. That's pretty cool. Um, the the opportunity to establish new rivalries, you know, going to UCF next year, that's a huge game, putting prime in Orlando, you know, the opportunity to go recruit in Florida. Uh, you know, the Houston, I think Houston's going to have a – they're going to be a really good football team moving forward in the Big 12 with all the support they're going to be getting. Uh, so, look, all good things happening there. All right, brother. Let's get into really the meat and potatoes here today and why we have you on the show. Again, Brian Howell from BuffZone.com and the Boulder Data Camera joining us here, a great friend of mine, and nobody better when it comes to, to covering the Buffs. Uh, wrote an incredible book. The book's at my house, actually, 100 Things You Need to Know About CU Bus Before You Die, and it is awesome. You need to absolutely check it out. 
um, make sure that you that you read up on that if you need to you know understand some of the history of the university and why guys like me think and act the way we do that's a good and a great example of why we do i mean it, it, for for a lot of the the coach prime fans that maybe don't know a lot about cu that's a, about as good of a book as you're going to find that can can help you uh, understand a little bit about cu uh, and the history of it um all that said jordan seaton signs we, you know, I didn't think he was, I, I was kind of freaked out, obviously, that he didn't. And then he played, they played the media like a damn fiddle. Coach Prime is about as good as it comes when it comes to that. I learned that you should never question this man. That's pretty much what I've learned when it comes to Coach, Coach Prime, is he knows more than us. So I'm just going to sit back and watch the show from now on. Um, talk about Jordan Seaton and this roller coaster and how they bagged the number one player in the country, a five-star lineman that I think has the potential to be as good as Walter Jones, Orlando Pace, Jake Long, number one overall pick type tackles. Trent Williams. I mean, during that week, I mean, you and I were texting quite a bit, the back and forth of, you know, what the heck is this guy doing? And yeah, he did play us like a fiddle. But uh, this is, you, you typically don't see true freshman offensive linemen come in and start. And you know that, you know, um, I remember. I remember Mike McIntyre when he was here telling telling us that, hey, typically it's about year three on campus when those offensive linemen are ready because they need that time to get in the weight room, get their bodies right, you know, learn the system, all that stuff. And that's typically what you would see. But if there's ever a plug and play true freshman offensive lineman, it's Jordan Seaton. You know, yeah, that's special. And I, I don't know if necessarily he's plug and play left tackle. I think he could be, but I think that, you know, I look at last year and Cromani McLean, everybody penciled him in as the starting cornerback inside of uh, Travis Hunter. And what did we see as that played out? He wasn't quite doing what he needed to do. Deion Sanders held him to a higher standard, I think, as a five-star. And he didn't play for several weeks. And mm -hmm. he was in and out of the doghouse, um, played a little bit, got a couple starts, but he was in and out. And he made him work for it. I think that he's going to do the same thing with Jordan Seaton. Uh, maybe, maybe not as much because Jordan Seaton's got to protect his son. But you know, I, I think that there's we've seen there's a standard there that he's going to hold those five stars too. So Seaton better come in and work hard. Um, all all signs sh show that he will. If he does, I think he could be that left tackle. But I wouldn't be surprised if he's the right tackle or if maybe early in his career he's a guard and you know you would know better than me on that regard but i mean he's a guy that maybe could start at a guard and then maybe move out to a tackle later in his career when he's a little more comfortable with that at the college level but um, i think he's definitely a guy that you pencil somewhere in that starting five. Oh yeah he's definitely starting it's just a matter of where i i, I just throw him to the wolves and put him at left tackle and roll I mean, yeah. you're going to have to find a way to help and chip anyway. Even the most elite players sometimes need help of pass rushers. And, and look, it's a grown-ass man's game in the trench, and he'll figure that out quick. He's a grown man already at 17, 18 years old. I'm not worried about that. Um, I, I will say this. When you're talking about the best five, everybody seems to forget about Tyler Brown. And TB was just a model of consistency from a leadership standpoint. He did nothing but, like, put his story out there. And he, I think it's very inspirational. I love that kid. I love the way he operates. And you got Savion Washington coming back, two guys who I think can really step in and help immediately. I know that the guards are still returning, Bailey and BB, but there's just, we need fresh blood at that position. And they brought in a ton of guys in the transfer portal. The two guys that I think can really help us that are returners are Brown and Savion. 
Um, talk about TB and Savion a little bit and what you know a healthy Washington brings and a eligible Tyler Brown brings to the trench. Yeah, you know, Tyler Brown's a guy that um, he's one of the players I met when I went down to the Celebration Bowl um, the previous December um, and got to know him a little bit. Fantastic young man. And I felt so bad for him that he didn't get that waiver uh, because all the stuff that he was that he was talking about his mental health after he got the waiver denied. He told me that back in December or way before. So I knew he wasn't making that stuff up. I mean, the, the impact that Coach Prime had on him, um, he, he talked about the anxiety he felt. Uh, those first couple games at Jackson State, trying to protect this Hall of Famer son, and how Dion saw that and said, "Hey, come on, bud, sit down. Let's talk about this." And and Dion helped him get through that year. He was an FCS All American. Um, he needed that, and I, I felt so bad for him for that. But uh, football, football wise, he's an unbelievable talent. I mean, he's a big dude. Um, he's talented. Uh, he, he performed at the FCS level you know, at a very high level. And I think he can step in and be a starting guard right away. If not, a maybe a center. Um, I don't know how much he snaps, but um, he can p- potentially be that center as well. Um, I love him and that starting position. I think that offensive line would have been different last year if Tyler Brown was in there. Savion Washington is another one that, you know, you and I talked about last month that um, he played well and then he gets hurt. And I don't remember which game it was. He was out a couple games. He got hurt against SC and then missed significant time. Yeah, and, and, and so he misses he misses a couple games. And he comes back, and he was starting. He started the last few games, but he wasn't very good. And and, oh, bad. and you know he he was struggling. And you know I know that he was not healthy. And but you look at the first few games. I think to judge Savion Washington at Colorado, look at the first half of the season because he was playing at a good level. And if you get Savion Washington, he, he should be healthy, right? If you get Savion Washington back to that level, I think you got a good right tackle there. And if Jordan Seaton can come in and handle things at left tackle as a true freshman, you're set there. With Tyler Brown, I think you're set there. And so right off the bat, there's three guys. And, that, and we're not even talking about any of the transfers yet that they've added. So, so talk about the transfer portal because they added all the offensive line before we get into some other questions. But now you've got three guys penciled in that are starters, in my opinion. And yeah. you brought in four or five kids in the transfer portal that all think they're going to start too. Do, do we all of a sudden have depth at the offensive line in, in, in Boulder? Yeah, I think we do. And, you know, I think it's interesting because a year ago, Matt, you, you look at the difference in what they've done in recruiting offensive line. And a year ago, I remember writing a lot about, hey, they've got eight or nine or whatever it was, college starters on the offensive line. But if you looked at that group, there was only two with Power 5 experience, and they were both at Colorado for the 1-11 buffs, right? It was it was Tank, and it was uh, uh, Bam. Yep. Bam. Aside from that, you had Savion Washington and Jack Bailey coming from Kent, and then you had a couple FCS guys, BB and Brown, and then you had a bunch of JUCO kids, right? Four JUCO kids that, that came in, and, and they hardly played this last year. Let, now look at the profile what they brought in this year. It's Power 5 starting. <laughs> You know, and one was one's from UTEP, but um, you know that's a very good. He's a really good player. That he's a, yes, he's a really good player and a really good UTEP team, right? So it's a higher level of transfer they're bringing in uh, this year than last year. So the experience is way better than it was last year. I mean, you've got probably um, I don't know what would you say eight nine guys right now that could compete for a starting job that you would feel at least going in say okay, that's not bad. And we didn't even bring up Zelinkas, and we didn't need like right. the, the young, the Carter Edwards, and some of the young guys that are going to develop as well. 
under new offensive line coach Phil Lodehold. And I know Phil really well. He's a great dude. You know, he he played at Oklahoma under Beatenbaugh, and he, you know, was tootled under him after he got done playing himself in the NFL. Talk about Phil Lodehold a little bit and then what he brings with his first job now at the University of Colorado before we talk about Coach Kelly leaving. Yeah. And then real quick, I want to mention one other one other kid that was here last year. Um, David Connor was a guy that came in from Florida that uh, Coach Prime raved about, but then he, he got injured and missed the entire season. So that's another guy that's in the mix as well. But well, that, that uh, is true depth in the offensive line, bro. Yeah. Got some dupes. I mean, we're talking about you know eight, nine, ten deep, and so you're looking pretty good there. So with Phil Lodeholt, um, I think there's got to be a little bit of question mark because he hasn't been that full time position coach yet. But you look at some of the the, the coaches that have done well here in, in previous years, and you know Nick Williams last year, people were so disappointed that he left last month. Well, guess yeah, what? A year a year ago at this point, he was Phil Lodeholt. He was a guy that did not have any. Um, full-time coaching experience. He had been an analyst, things like that. And so um, I don't worry about that so much. It's whether the guy can teach. And, um, you know, that's something we haven't we haven't seen yet. I'm looking forward to seeing the well-off videos to see what he teaches and how he teaches. But, you know, when you've got a guy that played in the league for several years and it was very recently, I mean, what is the guy? I mean, he's not even 40 yet, is he? He's, he's probably no, we're, we're, all, we're about the same age. Yeah, I think he's 35 or 36. Yeah, he, so he was a rookie in 2009, I think. Okay, so just recently played in the league. Yeah, that resonates with those guys. He's not only a younger guy, but he was he was in the league for a long time, and he was in in the league recently. So um, I think those things really translate. And you know, he's a guy that yeah, uh, you know, I think he's he's I don't know how much he worked with Shermer. They overlapped very little at Minnesota. Um, Shermer got in as the offensive coordinator, uh, and then Lodeholt uh, wound up uh, retiring like uh, that summer. Um, so, but they they know each other a little bit. So, I like the hire just because it's some fresh blood, and it's a guy that's done it. All right. So, is the Coach Kelly rumors real? Is he really going to Auburn? I saw that, and then nothing really happened. I haven't seen anything since. Um, are we going to re- be replacing the offensive coordinator and defense coordinator? Yeah, I, I think they are real. Um, I think it's been somewhat quiet because all those rumors came out like right before Christmas, right and. So I think then everybody kind of took that break. Even I took that break. You know, I went away right after those rumors started. We, I, we took that break. We were like, yeah, let's do a show. They're like, nah. Right. On vacation. I was like, that's a great idea, Brian. <laughs> but yeah, everything I, I heard, um, you know, it was confirmed to me, uh, you know, right before that that Christmas break, uh, I was at a, a basketball game and it was confirmed to me by a couple of people that, that yeah, Coach Kelly is leaving. Um you know, Auburn hasn't announced anything yet, but sometimes those things take a while. Syracuse just announced Nick Williams the other day, so um, sometimes those things take a while. But as far as the D.C. goes, uh, yeah, I think there, there's going to be a new one. I don't know who it's going to be, but, you know, Carl Reed of 24-7 Sports, who's really tight uh, with Coach Prime, yep. has said, hey, I can't say who it's going to be, but it's a guy with, with NFL ties. And so then you start looking at, okay, who are guys with NFL ties that Coach Prime knows? And, you know, I, yeah. I mean, Dennis Thurman who was on the staff this last year as an analyst uh, who's been at uh, D.C. with uh, the Bills and um, the Jets, maybe. Uh, I can't remember who else he was with, but he was with at Jackson State with Prime and came here last year. You look at Mike Zimmer, you know, who was the Vikings head coach and, you know, has obviously you know, a defensive mind there. So uh, there's a few guys like that. And uh, uh, there's another one. I'm, I'm blanking on the name, but uh, there's a couple other, you know, guys with NFL ties, I think, of and like, Okay, who is this going to be? But 
um, you know, those are a couple of the guys you look at. I mean, Lovey Smith is a guy whose name has come up and, you know, um, obviously a great defensive coach in the past. Uh, so, you know, who knows? I mean, there's a lot of guys that could be, and Prime obviously has uh, a ton of uh, a ton of ties to a lot of people. So, you know, it's hard to speculate who it's going to be. Well, the, whoever does uh, come in and run the defense, uh, they're inheriting some talent. I mean, there's they brought in some great defensive line talent from the SEC, some dudes, some kids that I've went and watched. And I'm like, okay, these guys are all Sunday guys, so this makes sense. They, I think that they're inheriting defensive talent in the secondary like I haven't seen in Boulder maybe ever, and that's saying something because that includes secondaries like Chris Hudson and Deion Figures and, you know, Strickland and Lewis and just dudes everywhere. And that's not even including the Pac-12 secondaries with you look around the NFL right now and Witherspoon and Ch- Chidera and, you know, Oliver and all those guys are still balling. So, you know, how good do you think this, that this team can be next year? Before I ask you a couple of one-off questions here, uh, how good do you think this team can be next year? And, and the, you know, is this the opportunity for them to, you know, really push for that 12-team playoff and, and go win the Big 12? Yeah, well, first of all, I'll say I, I, I do think Coach Kelly's a loss. I think that he was one guy I would have loved to have kept just because – I think you want that continuity from year one to year two with that system. Um, so that's disappointing. But depending on who they bring in, I think that you're right. They've got a lot of talent to work with. And, you know, I love Levanta Bentley at linebacker. Uh, you know, they've got some defensive linemen they're bringing in. So, um, you, you know, the Chidozi from Houston um, is is a beast, you know, at nose guard. So uh, they're bringing in some talent. So um, I think as long as they get that defense rolling a little bit, I think they can be very good because um, the healthy Shador Sanders with a better offensive line, is going to be impressive to watch. And then you have Travis Hunter, obviously. Uh, you've got arguably the best player in college football on your team uh, playing both sides of the ball. You've got a top five quarterback in the country that if you keep him healthy, um, he's going to ball out. And, you know, So I, I think they're a team that I look at the Big 12 and I think it's there. I think that Colorado and Utah are two teams that could um, take the Big 12 next year. And, and you know, I haven't looked around the entire Big 12, and there's a lot of movement still going on, but you have to look at a K-State. They're always good. They're Oklahoma, going to be good. You know, as long as Mike Gundy is there, Oklahoma State is going to be a factor in that race. Uh, you know, Texas Tech, you know, things like that. There's going to be some, obviously, some good teams, but there's no elite team out there. There's no Washington. There's no Oregon. You know, there's nobody. Uh, USC wasn't very good this year, but, like, that caliber, right? There's no USC type of team. There's no Alabama, Georgia, teams like that. So, it's there for the taking. And if the buffs can get things aligned with each other, you know, on both sides of the ball, I think that it's there. And with that expanded playoff, you win the conference, you're in the playoff. Shit. Yeah. You win the conference, you win the playoff and look, they can maybe lose one or two games and still be in the top 12 at that regard too, as like a, as a, as a at large. So, all right, a couple more questions here. There's going to be a rebrand from a Jersey perspective. Okay. And I know some people don't care about this shit, but I do. I do, you know, I, as a defensive lineman, you got to look good to play good. And back in the day, I remember in 2004 was the first time we ever wore like gold, black and white pants and people freaked the fuck out. And, you know, I, I went back this year and walk in against Nebraska and they're wearing white pants and black jerseys. And I'm like, wow, okay. That looks really fresh. Schmitty's been up there forever, the the unbelievable equipment manager, Mike Smith, who's just the man. And he's I'm trying to get I'm trying to get information out of his ass. And he is 
he won't give me shit. <laughs> Do you know anything about the uniforms moving forward? What direction they may be going? I know that the colors are black and gold and silver, but I, I think Coach Prime's got a lot to work with here, and we have the cleanest uniforms in football when we do it correctly what do you think yeah i think it's going to look different I mean, you know i didn't like a lot of the combinations this year i thought some of them were, were pretty cool looking um, but i think that uh, they even teased it in some of the videos this last year talking about how this next year in 2024 the things they could do and so um, we know coach prime is into fashion you know <laughs> he is into how you look yeah he is into how you look when you play and so you know they're going to have a fresh look and you know, they he said they were gonna have it, they were gonna look different every week, and they looked different every single week this last year. I think they could have 12 combinations next year that are different than any 12 combinations they had this last year. And so, um, I, I know I did a poll every week this year, Matt, um, asking fans, Did you like the uniforms? And so, there was some I know which ones people loved, which ones people hated. They loved the ones at TCU, you know, the 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 white, the all white with the, the gold uh, yeah, number. They love the ASU ones with the with the gold face mask. You know that was pretty sweet. Uh, you know they liked the Nebraska one, but uh, they hated the ones where you had the like the the gold pants and the white jersey on the road. I hate the gold pants and white jersey on the road too. I fucking hate it. I hated it when we wore it. I hate it now. I hated it then. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I don't think it's a good look, and I've never liked. It. They've done it in the past. I've never liked that. I wouldn't doubt if they uh, kind of trashed that one, but um, you know, I, I think it's. Working with Nike, they're going to have a fresher look. They're going to have some fresher jerseys. I don't know what it's going to look like, so I can't give you any inside information there. I'm sorry, but um, I think it's going to look different. It's going to look fresher. All right, B. Uh, we'll get you out of here on this last question. Um, again, Brian Howell from Buffalo.com. Make sure you check him out. At Brian at Brian Howell 33 on Twitter. He's a great follow and get all of your buff information from B. Um, I think the CU has the potential next year to have two guys sitting in the room for the Heisman in Shador Sanders and Travis Hunter. Tell me why I'm crazy. I don't think you are, uh, but I think that it depends on how good they are. Uh, there's certainly not going to be two of them if they've got three losses. You know, they're going to have to be, you know, a 10 and 2, 11 and 1 type of team to have two of those guys in there. Um, and the, the other reason why you, I would say you would maybe be crazy is that, you know, when there's two guys that are that good, usually they kind of cancel each other out with the votes. And so, you know, sometimes you have two guys that are legit two of the best and neither of them make it there because they've taken each other's votes. And so, um, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. They certainly have two guys that are going to be, as long as they're healthy, as long as this season plays out, kind of like we're talking about, they're going to have two guys that are in that conversation and have a, have an argument to be in New York. All right, last one. Michigan, Washington, Monday night. Okay. Tons of Colorado kids on the offensive line on both sides. A bunch of Dungeon family. Ro Ro Rosengarten and Henning for Washington and Drake, Nugent, Connor Jones, Reese Atterbury, Gentry. I mean, for Michigan, just dudes everywhere. Um, <clears throat> who are you taking? Yeah, I will say, I, I always remember whenever I, I've watched Drake Nugent play this year, it always makes me smile because I remember meeting him in your gym when he was a high school kid at Highlands Ranch. And, you know, he was, you know, he was an offensive lineman, but he was this littler offensive lineman. And now I see him as this beast of a center that uh, is, uh, is, is playing for potential, you know, national championship. And I'm so excited for that kid. Um, but, you know, he's doing, he's had a great college career. He's going to be, you know, fun to watch in the pros too. Um, 
I'm going to go with Washington because yeah, everybody's in the chats going with Washington too. Really? Okay. I'm giving the edge to who I think is the better quarterback. And I think Michael Penix um, is back than JJ McCarthy. And I think, you know, both these teams are very good. They got really good defense. They got really good offense. Uh, I'm, I'm concerned about Washington's running back, Dylan Johnson. Is he going to be healthy enough to go? But Michael Penix is what makes that go anyway. And so um, I think that uh, I give the edge to Washington. I think it's going to be a really good football game. I, I don't see the final being like last year's final where it's, you know, what, 65 to No way. It's going to be a barn burner. This game is going to be a dogfight. Yeah, it's, um, I wouldn't be surprised if it goes to overtime again. And Penix right. should have won the Heisman. I mean, let's be real. That was the Heisman winner. He was dropping fucking dimes the other night, bro. He like, was. Just, I, the, the Broncos need to draft this kid, right? Am I crazy? Yeah. No, I, I, I think he's really good. I mean, he's uh, he's the best passer in college football. And I will say this. I have a Heisman vote. I voted Jaden Daniels. And the reason why. What is wrong? What? <laughs> I, I voted Jaden Daniels because. I looked at it as, you know, that's an individual award. And you look at Daniels, he was phenomenal this year. And he, in addition to the passing, which was almost the same as Penix, he rushed for 1,200 yards. You know, the kid was awesome. And he did lose three games, but it's not his fault. I mean, he balled out. Okay, but let me let me challenge you. Did you feel any regret the other night when you were watching Penix? No. Only because okay. the reason why is because <laughs> – <laughs> the reason why is because it's a regular season award. And, you know, if they moved it good to the season, then maybe that changes it. And maybe, you know, that's where you look at it and say, yeah, maybe I would have done it that way. But it's the same as like MVP, they, right? Should they move it so the full year is encompassed? Yeah, I, I wouldn't be opposed to that just because I think that that's part of the season, right? Uh, now, they don't do that in other sports. I mean, uh, the MVPs in other sports are all regular season awards. And so, um, maybe you don't do it because of that, but I think college football is different in that you know the playoffs. Well, it's going to be longer now, but the playoffs is typically one bowl game. You know, you can add one more game to the season, but um, I still don't know if I would have changed my vote just because I think Daniels was so unbelievable. Uh, but it, it, there, they, there were three guys I thought were very worthy of the Heisman this year. I thought Bo Nix was was worthy as well. So that that kid can play some ball as well. No, he's no really, doubt. It, uh, it was. Got, I was, all the years I've voted, that might have been the toughest vote I've had. Really? Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I can imagine the predicament you're put in when you've got such good players, and then Jaden if Jaden Daniels is playing for Washington, it would be a no-brainer. So I guess that, that does make sense. Last one I want to watch. I, I got a question here uh from the from the chat, if I can find it with my fat fingers, because <laughs> it already went by. Uh, last one here, uh, Brian, what's the latest on Bryce Underwood? Yeah. So waiting, uh, he's going to commit here in the next couple of days. And I think that there, the CU's got a really good shot at him. Um, I don't know what he's, what he's thinking about doing, but, um, he, he's in, they're in the running. And as long as they're in the running, you got to be excited about that. And, um, he's going to, we're going to find out here in the next couple of days. So, um, I I'm excited to see what he does. Um, I don't know where he's leaning, uh, but he's a guy that uh, if you get him, there's your quarterback of the future. Amen, brother. All right, the great Brian Howell joins us here uh, on Zero to 60 uh, <clears throat> on the Bleed Network. I'm your host, Matt McChesney. That is Brian Howell. Thanks for listening, folks. Make sure you go like and subscribe. And a big thanks to Bet Online. Remember to use the promo code BLEAVE for a 50% uh, deposit bonus on your first 
uh, bonus or on your first deposit there to go bet responsibly. So, V, uh, thank you for all you do, bro, and keep it up. Make sure everybody you follow him at Brian Howell 33 on Twitter for the best buff news. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow to talk about all things NFL. Uh, Bree Macis will be back tomorrow morning to talk about all things NFL and a huge weekend uh, in, in the National Football League and then the national title game on Monday. So thanks, Brian. Appreciate you, brother. Yeah, thanks, Matt. Later. All right, folks, we appreciate you. Thank you for all you do. Uh, any questions or concerns you may have, shoot them at me tomorrow and we'll get at you. Uh, but thanks for watching and uh, have yourself a good day. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.